This is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Last Sunday, we celebrated Palm Sunday, and I spoke about Jesus riding into Jerusalem. Day before yesterday, we celebrated Good Friday, and I spoke about Jesus hanging on the cross. Today, we come with hearts full of joy to celebrate Easter, and I'm going to speak about Jesus rising from the dead. Good Friday and Easter really changed everything. I mean, those two events, the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus divided history. Jesus divided history. Everything before Jesus was before Jesus. And everything after his life and death and resurrection is A.D. It's after Christ. The the world recognizes this history-making person. These two events... Good Friday and Easter touch every circumstance, every dimension, really every facet of our lives. And our response to these two events define who we are and what we will become. Because Jesus came out of the grave alive, we now have a new basis for faith. The Old Testament system of religion was built on rules and regulations and rituals and endless Endless sacrifices. But now a new and living way has been opened up for us through Jesus, who is the Son of God. And we get to enjoy a new relationship with God that's now based on faith and not performance. How well you do. It's based on faith. It's a new beginning. Just look at verses like Hebrews 10, verse 19, which says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. You see, the, the, assurance, the, the assurance that we have is a result of faith. And the resurrection of Jesus from the dead actually gives us that basis for faith. It's rooted, it's grounded upon the death and resurrection of Jesus. The Bible says we're saved by God's grace through faith in His Son, Jesus. And that, too, is a gift from God. We can't work for it. We can't pay for it. It's a gift. John is one of the men in our church uh, who recently discovered the power of the resurrection and it changed him from the inside out. Um, I'm going to ask John if he would come and just share a little bit of his story with us this morning. Hello, everybody. Before I was a believer in Christ, I was not living my life according to God's plan or God's word. My focus in life was to excel in my career, earn money, and to provide for my family. Aside from accomplishing my goals, I still felt unfulfilled and was trying to make a sense of life. When I turned to my faith in Jesus Christ, I realized there was a better way to live. Jesus has saved me 
given me new life and new purpose. I love the Lord. I want my family and friends to know, love, and follow him too. Just knowing Jesus died on the cross for our sins and then rose from the grave alive provides me with the faith that my Lord will guide me throughout my entire life. One day I will live with him in his kingdom for all eternity. Jesus, the resurrection, opened a new way for us to have a personal relationship with our God, our Father, and I praise him for that. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, John. Yeah, because Jesus came out of the grave alive, men like John, uh, women like Mary, John Bondi, Tristan Gensel, we all have a new basis for faith because Jesus came out of the grave alive. Furthermore, because Jesus came out of the grave alive, we have a new foundation for love. Bible says in 1 John 3.16, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. We wouldn't know what love is if it wasn't for Jesus. We love because he first loved us. That's what the Bible says. Amy Segan and her family attend the gathering, uh, and they haven't been here all that long, and you're you're getting that, that theme over and over again. But I've asked Amy to come because she really has a, a... There's a part of her story that fits exactly with this idea of, of God's love for us. We are a very busy family. We're, we are a very busy family. My husband and I and our three kids. But I remember a time when it was even more hectic. I was a new mom, and our girls were only two and four years old. But I had a small group of friends I was really close to, and I counted on them. Then our family experienced a loss, and for the first time in my life, I also experienced deep rejection and also betrayal from people that I thought at the time were my friends. It was devastating. This was painful. And what was supposed to be a happy, fun time of motherhood all of a sudden felt really lonely for me. My husband and I were exhausted, and we actually dropped out of church life for a while until we found the gathering. By the grace of God, when we come here on Sunday morning, tired from a busy week of work and the kids with school and no sleep, because we have toddlers, (laughs) we wondered, where is Jesus in, in all of this, in our yeah. busy family yeah. life. Yeah. And then we find him here, right here. We find him in the warm handshake of someone who says, good morning. And we find him, I find him, in the sweet fellowship that happens among the women of Wednesday Night Live. And we discover the love of Jesus in this church family as a home. And when I'm tired and I need a safe place to land from a busy week, I find Jesus here, here at the gathering, in in the scripture readings, and in the carefully crafted sermons, and in the fellowship, and in so many times when just the Bible verse and just the message connects me in a place where God has me. And he loves us enough to do that by the power of the resurrection. He loves me enough to remind me that I'm never alone, and his love changes everything for all of us. Yeah. Yeah, 
Amen. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And he continues to demonstrate his love for us every single day. Through something as small as a handshake and a, and a, a good morning. We're glad you're here this morning. To be included and to belong to something that is bigger than ourselves is a demonstration of the love of God. Because Jesus came out of the grave alive, we we also have a new source of joy. One day, Jesus told his disciples, he was preparing them for what was to come. He told them that he was going to be killed, and after that, they wouldn't see him any longer. And they, they didn't understand. They were confused and bewildered, and they were afraid. Um... You know, we just gave our lives to this rabbi for the last three years, and now he's leaving us? What does he, what does he mean? Now you, now you see me, then you won't, but I'll be... What, what is he talking about? And Jesus then spoke right into all of that confusion. He just spoke into their, the chaos of that group of fearful, anxious disciples, and he said this in John 16, 22. Now is your time of grief. So he, he recognized, you know, and he, he affirmed that right in that moment they were grieving and didn't say, you're grieving, what's up with that, you know, smarten up. Just, now's your time of grief. And I, I get that and I understand that. He was affirming that. But he said, I will see you again and you will rejoice. And no one will take away your joy. Oh, <laughs> It doesn't get any better than that. You will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. The resurrection gives us a new source of joy. And his joy, the joy that he gives, is permanent and abiding and enduring. Nobody can take it away. You might, I mean, you might forfeit it. You might give it away. You might leave it at home or disregard it or or chuck it overboard. But nobody can take it from you. So you want it. It's yours forever. I have not met too many people in my very short adult life who really, who really embrace the idea of, of joy in suffering, who really embrace joy in the midst of pain. But my wife, Patty, is one of those people. Uh, she understands what it means to experience joy in the midst of trouble and I've had to twist her arm a little bit today to get her to come back up on stage after leading worship. She doesn't want this to be the Patty Lino show. But, but she has something important. She has something important to say about joy in the midst of trial. As most of you know, we have a daughter who has special needs. And I have to say that there are days that are very chaotic and difficult at our home. Jamie's often sick, and I actually think she's not here this morning either. No, because she had a seizure before we left this morning for church. And um, that can be very difficult for us. I have people ask me often why I seem so joyful or why I smile. But I have to know, I have to let you know that it is deep within because God's joy is mine. I serve a risen Savior, and his joy is mine. And I have hope in the resurrection because when I think about the future, I think about Jamie <laughs> being with Jesus and walking 
and talking and no seizures, no more Rett syndrome. So that brings me great joy because I'm going to watch her dance someday in the presence of Jesus. In the meantime, God's grace is sufficient and we just take a day at a time and I find great joy in that. You see, genuine joy, I mean, really authentic joy, doesn't depend on circumstances for its life. Authentic joy depends on the empty tomb. That's where it comes from, right? It rises out of the empty tomb. Joy rises from the empty tomb. You will rejoice, Jesus said, and no one, no diagnosis will take it away. So we have a new basis for faith, a new foundation for love, a new source of joy. And last but not least, Jesus came out of the grave of life so we could have a a fresh supply, a new supply of hope, spelt with a capital H. (laughs) The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the followers of Jesus in a city called Ephesus, and he, he reminds them that before they came to Christ, when they were without Christ... They were without hope. They were without the covenants of grace. They were, they were lost. They were, they were separated as far from God as just about anybody could ever get. But now, Paul says, now that you've turned the corner, now that you, you are in Christ, now that you've trusted in Jesus, now that you've placed your faith in Him, you who were once far away from God are now brought near through the death and resurrection of Jesus. You see... His his life and death and resurrection really do divide all of history. Only his death and resurrection can give us the, the hope that we need, the source of hope that we long for, that we need to just put one foot in front of the other and make it through the day, make it through the week or the year. Only his death and resurrection can produce the hope we need. And 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 so many people go through life with the misguided notion that this is all there is. You know, this is all there is. It doesn't get any better. You just got to play out life with the, with the hand that you've been dealt. That's just not true. You can, you can fold and ask for a new hand anytime. You don't have to play with the cards that you've been dealt. Hand them in. God is all about new beginnings and fresh starts, right, Amy? He's all about that. He's all over that. He loves to give people a fresh start. He loves to provide a new beginning for people like us. I mean, think about it. The phoenix rises from the ashes. Cinderella becomes a queen. Pinocchio turns into a real boy. And the the frog becomes a prince after she dares to kiss him. Think about it. I mean, there's so many stories in our culture that we just go, ah, and they're all about new beginnings. They're all about transformation. They're all about a new start, a fresh start in life. They're all about hope. All of them, the phoenix, Cinderella, Pinocchio, the frog, they were all transformed into the very thing they never thought they could ever become. It's all about transformation. It's all about new beginnings. The Bible says in Galatians 6, what counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. That's what counts. 
That's what counts. I don't know how we would describe the rest. Maybe that's a a postscript. Maybe it's smoke and mirrors. Maybe it's an illusion. I don't know. But the Bible says very clearly what counts is that we've been transformed into a new creation. What counts is whether or not you and I have been born again by the Spirit of God and your life is being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what counts. And so I invite you this morning to consider making that transition from trusting in whatever you trust in, you know, your intellect, your RRSPs, your your good job, your, your pension, whatever you're trusting in, transfer the trust from that to Jesus. Just, you know, it, it really is just a, a simple step, not always easy. It's not always easy, but it's a simple step. And I'm encouraging you to do that today. If you've never done that before, do what each of these three people have done. The people that gave testimony this morning, put their faith in Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. Trust in the power of the name of Jesus. It's a beautiful name, the name of Jesus. But it's a powerful name. It's a life-changing name, a life-giving name, a transforming name, the name of, of Jesus. And besides, there's nowhere else for us to go. There's no one else who has the words of eternal life. He is the the way. He is the the truth. He is the life. What really counts is whether we've been transformed into a new creation. Please, please put your faith and your trust in Jesus. Please, let's pray. Dear Father, I I want to thank you, first of all, for every person uh, in this room today. I pray that you would open our hearts and and open our minds and our eyes to all that, that you have for us, Lord. May, may this very moment be the moment in time when, when some people in this audience actually put their faith in Jesus Christ right now, trusting in him for salvation, trusting in Jesus for forgiveness, for eternal life. And if that's you, my friend, if you're listening to my voice, if that describes where you're at today, then right now, Right now, pray this simple prayer of faith with me. As I pray it aloud, you pray it silently in your heart. And God will do what only God can do. Lord Jesus, I need you. And I thank you for for making the ultimate sacrifice by giving your life for me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins right now. I turn my life over to you in this very moment. And I trust in you, Lord Jesus. I believe in what you did for me on the cross, and I receive you right now as my my Lord and my Savior. I'm so thankful to know that you came out of the grave alive, and that you still give people like me a new beginning. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and 